Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another episode of the Muslim Vibe podcast. I am your host Haseeb Rizvi and this week I'm joined again by Abdurrahman. So last week we actually filmed two episodes in one go uh, but we're releasing it in two separate uh, episodes because they're very different subjects. Um, in this episode me and Abdurrahman we're going to be talking about the metaverse, virtual reality, uh, blockchain, NFTs um, and what that essentially means for Muslims going forward. Um, now this is actually a subject that I've been very very interested in uh, recently uh, because it's dawned on me that this is actually something very very important that we need to be mindful of. Um, it's, it probably will change humanity forever. I, but yeah, I can confidently say that without sounding like a weirdo. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to have a conversation with someone who's also interested in this space. Um, it's not the last time I'm going to be having this conversation, so brace yourself. Uh, we will be having a lot more conversations about metaverse, NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency, all of that stuff. Um, simply because it's actually that important. Um, and I think that Muslims need to start having a conversation about this, start understanding what it actually means. Uh, because uh, for our future children, it's going to be a completely different world to what we're living in right now. Um, you thought social media and Instagram addiction was bad. Well, wait until you hear what we discuss in this episode. So, uh, yeah, let's jump straight into that podcast. Um, so we just finished our other episode, which was uh, talking about Pillars app. And then we kind of uh, started talking about Apple towards the end of it, um, which was, to be fair, a good segue into um, a conversation that I've been dying to have with someone, mm. um, which is the, the metaverse and, and the future of tech and also the future of Muslims in tech. Um, so do you want to, do you want to start off with maybe explaining what your understanding is of the metaverse? Mm. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm someone who's an expert in this field. It's not like something I'm, there are definitely diehards out there. Um, but I'd say I'm more than the average person. So the metaverse is really the virtual reality, the virtual world, right? Um, the idea, and you please correct me if, if, if you do feel like I'm saying something wrong, but the idea of it really is um, that every person will have their kind of virtual parallel world that's running alongside their real world. Um, so you can, like, for example, put on your Oculus set, so your VR set, and you enter and you might have your own house, you might have your own kind of buildings, your own golf course or whatever, um, and you buy them. Uh, you might buy them with kind of cryptocurrency um, or, sub or, or whatever, really, whatever currency. And uh, even in your world, people might pay to come and into your amusement park. Let's say you own an amusement park that you've built or bought. They might pay to join it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the way that companies like Facebook want to go towards or, or I should say their new name, which is Meta. Um but yeah, that's, I, I mean, on a very uh, kind of high level, I'd say that's a, a summary of kind of, it's like a parallel universe, um, but in the virtual kind of setting. So my understanding of metaverse is um, that technically it's it's been something that's uh, been around for a very long time already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this so is really Second Life is actually... Yes, yeah, so Second Life is actually a game that's been around for, what, 20 years now? Mm. Um, and then we've had games like Sims. I don't even remember that. Mm -hmm. um, and then even more recently, you've had things like Fortnite, GTA. Um, there's a few. Roblox is something that kids play these days and stuff like that. So it's, it's a kind of tried and tested 
um, thing that essentially we've all been partaking in. And of course, the fact is, like you, you're just mentioning about that, okay, we're in a separate reality from our day-to-day lives. Technically speaking, social media and our current internet mm. behavior is pretty much the same thing anyway. Mm. Um, it's just that we're doing it on a screen and now this is actually going to bring the screen onto our face and then block out the actual reality, mm-hmm. um, which for me is very scary. Like, I, 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 honestly, I'm, 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 I'm a bit scared and I've had a lot of anxiety thinking about um, virtual reality for like the last few years. Um, and I was hoping that it would fail. Honestly, I was really, really hoping that it would fail. I was hoping that, no, 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 surely people aren't going to be mm. okay with sticking on a device in front of their eyes and just sitting down at home all day. Like, I was like, no, that's not going to happen. And actually, uh, for the first few years, VR, uh, which was like, you know, they're, they're trialing out like seven, eight years ago, it was failing because of that very fact, right? People weren't actually prepared to just like block everything out and, and, and put these devices on. Um but then something happened over the pandemic, which was that our human behaviors globally shifted mm. and technology that was destined for, uh, you know, 10 years time, all of a sudden came right all the way forward because that pandemic kind of facilitated um, those behavioral shifts that made these things more acceptable. Working from home, for example. So even if you look at, for example, the way Facebook has pitched Metaverse, they kind of pitched it with this board meeting going on uh, to make working from home a bit more exciting, right? So now you're in this kind of like, you put your goggles on and you can interact with avatars that are your colleagues and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it's a bit scary because obviously it's like, no, I already I find it absurd yeah. enough. I already find it absurd enough that everyone's like constantly glued to their phone, right? Mm. Like, you know, in every group of friends, there's that one friend that says, hey guys, can anyone put their phones down tonight? That's me. I'm, I'm that guy that's always <laughs> telling people, look, just put your phone down. Yeah. Let's have a conversation, right? I get triggered when, we're about to eat and someone pulls out their phone to take a picture. I'm just like, bro, just enjoy the fried chicken, right? Just, <laughs> do you get what I mean, right? Just enjoy that. There's no need to take a picture. Just like enjoy it, for, uh, experience this moment. Mm. I turn my phone off. When I go to nature, when I go for like walks in the park and stuff, I turn my phone off. I turn off notifications. I turn off everything. But I'm just like, I just want to be present and enjoy this. Mm. And now all of a sudden we're, we're hit with this kind of like impending reality. Um and I, man, I've, I've been stressed out about it for the last few weeks, man. Since I saw, saw that Facebook presentation, I was like, ah, oh, damn, this is actually happening. Yeah, it's no? happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically agree with everything you've said. I, I think I'm really concerned. I I think for me, the thing that made me realize this could actually happen. So I was like you, I thought um, this is not going to really work or maybe hoping it wasn't going to work. I was like, no way are people exactly like you. No way are people going to attribute value to things that are virtual. They know it's virtual. Um, and then I realized that we're already living in it. And you said mm-hmm. it, right? With social media, you're trying to show the places you're going. You're trying to um, show the things that you have. All of these things are part of a virtual reality that people are living. And we see individuals that are might seem to be living a glamorous life. And we attribute value to those individuals. So... We have no idea what's actually happening in the real setting. No idea. But we see all of that and we attribute value to it and we pay those people uh, money or we buy things from them based on that. So, yeah, that was my real concern uh, is that, and, and I think that was a moment that my kind of like trigger moment, my, the, the, the click in my head where I thought this could happen. Uh, I, I definitely can see because I think, I think it's actually, I think this is an extension of greed personally. Um, I think that when you, when life, the life that we live is just not enough, 
um you've got you've got everything that you could want right we we've we've gone way past uh, what is it maslow's hierarchy of needs like we're, we're kind of we're, we're we've we've got everything that we we think that we need around us and so um in materialistically i mean of of course um uh what can we do to kind of further that and this virtual reality really opens the unlimited possibilities um and so i think that's why a lot of people are seeing it as a and as a potentially as an escape and potentially as an extension and i think that's when they can go and and now you can own so so you're getting people who are buying yachts like virtual yachts right uh, for for crazy amounts of money, like hundreds of thousands of pounds, virtual yachts, um, just so that they can say, like they might have a real yacht, just so that they can say that they have this virtual yacht. Like it really mm. is like something that I really find quite disgusting um, and I'm really concerned about it. I think you and I might be in a world where we've been at so, we, we haven't been so um, kind of uh, surrounded by this virtual reality that maybe it's quite easy for you and I to kind of distinguish what is valuable and what's not because we're not, we haven't grown up with it. We haven't been immersed in it from day one. But the thing that I really am concerned about is more for the next generation, our children, because if they then and grow that's, up. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Because like, mm. when I, when I watched the, when I watched Mark Zuckerberg's presentation, mm. the first thing that I realized, he goes, I, I, I was like, this isn't for us. Yeah, this is for us. my daughter. This is for my kids. This is for the next generation. This yeah. is a long-term play for the kids that have grown up on Snapchat using filters, using all of these technology mm. products. It's for them. Because for it, us, we've experienced. They need like to mountain, attribute. You get what I mean? They need to attribute value to it. And for us, it's not going to mm -hmm. work because you have to re-engineer the way that we think about things. So it's really hard. But when you've got a fresh canvas, a fresh brain, um, and and you know what, yeah, the example of social media is a really good example because we grew up with that, right? So we started attributing value to things in the virtual world of social media, um, and we didn't mm -hmm. realize it. And we only started to notice the difference when we had something to compare it against, which was this called more like obvious VR world, this more obvious virtual reality world. Um, so now we're kind of seeing that dis with distinguishing line for them, they're going to grow up. What was our social media, but in the metaverse, they're going to grow up where going home and going on your phone for them, it's going to be going home and putting on a VR set potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, so, so, so they're going to go up and they're not going to see that. And it, uh, and, and, and that's when their values uh, where they attribute value is going to be much more in the metaverse and they won't be able to, to distinguish essentially. So yeah, I, I think like it, I think I, we, we, or I at least was naive to think that this wasn't going to be possible. I think like when you, when you really think about when you realize that social media, it's already happened to us, basically, you realize that it can, mm. it can happen at that next level. So yeah, it's concerning. Yeah, no, because obviously, like even right now, um, and, th and this has been happening for the last like what three, three, four years now, right? Like games like Fortnite, Roblox, uh, Minecraft, mm. right? Um, young, young kids are in this like heavily addicted and just constantly like involved in the situation, right? Where they're just playing in this like virtual world, um, and it's not all bad, you know. It's not all bad, right? Like they could be playing GTA, right? Like, and then obviously, like I, I enjoy GTA personally. Like mm. disclaimer. Um, but like, you know, I could never kind of bring myself to like actually sitting down now and building a whole new life in GTA and starting a whole character. I'm not in, I'm not in it for that. Do you get what I mean? I'm just there mm. for a quick little five, 10 minute game session. Um, but this, this younger generation of kids, and I sound like an old, old grandpa now saying, oh, these younger generation of kids, um, <laughs> they've, they've grown up with this being the norm, right? Mm. Like this level of technology being the norm. When I play PlayStation, 
half the time I'm playing in awe, thinking, oh my God, wow, look at this. Like 20 years ago, I was playing Sega Mega Drive. Um, and now look where we are, right? Mm. But like a, a five-year-old now, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story, your, right? And, and this is this this is this is so strange, right? Yeah. So, um, my little one, um, she she's three years old. Uh, when she was born, uh, I had I had a Mercedes at the time, and it had like this uh, voice assistant feature, mm. right? Um, so I'd be like, "Hey Mercedes, take me to work," or "Hey Mercedes, take me X Y Z," right? And so she grew up literally from birth, just seeing that as being like a normal thing, right? And then um, she did I it sold in your the car. New car, didn't she? Uh, check this out. So uh, 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 we're in my. Um, I bought another car. It was, yeah. it was still a Mercedes, but it was an old one that didn't have the voice assistant thing, right? She goes, "Baba, how are you going to go home?" <laughs> she she goes, "Baba, if it doesn't have her Mercedes, how are you going to go home?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Right? Yeah. And then even more recently, she goes to me. Uh, I was trying to use Siri, and you know how Siri is like so buggy; it doesn't ever work really, mm. right? So she goes, "Baba, um, use Google instead." I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're three, you're three years old, yeah, man. I'm like, yeah. how, how do you know this stuff? But I was like, well, you know, that's, that's just the reality now, right? Like, that's, mm. that's, the, that's how it goes. Um, and so, yeah, this whole metaverse thing is really, it's about, um, it's about that future generation, the next generation, the, ki- the kids right now. Um, and see, the thing is, is that we can either be those grandpas that were against TV when it came out right so when the tv first came out i don't know if you know this or not but like in mm. the islamic world it was it was heresy right mm. um there was actual like uh fatawas against having tvs in your house okay because it was seen as oh this is the devil's instrument um i mean i mean looking back at it they, they probably were a bit right um this, this it's one of the signs like the of the day instrument. of the judgment actually that there will be a every a device that enters that a device that causes fitna that will enter every house it's probably the tv or the mobile phone one of the two there you are all right so either way all yeah. right exactly and before that it was even the radio as well by the way so the yeah, radio you, was seen as like some sort of like yeah. form of heresy mm. right and, and before that the printing press okay so with each kind of like um advancement let's say in in media and and our uh, engagement and consumption with it mm. um there's this kind of like watershed moment where there's a decision that needs to be made and what what's happened previously in history is that muslims have um, and i use that term generally they've been resistant to this change okay so they were resistant to tv then they realized oh wait a sec this is a losing battle let's jump on it ourselves and put islamic tv channels on there okay um internet same thing no no this is wrong look at all the things you can access on the internet boom all of a sudden now there's you know uh where you say we can actually put Quran on the internet, right? So then, uh, you know, 1995 times there were people uh, actually making an effort mm. to start compiling Hadith and Quran on the internet. Mm-mm. Social media, same thing. Social media happened. Everyone's like, oh, no, no, this is really, really bad. We can't have social media. But then, nevertheless, everyone joined social media. And more, even more recently, TikTok, right? So TikTok, by the way, which is a big watershed moment in in our consumption of media, because that's that's a complete different thing, man. Like that's rewired everyone's brains, Right. Mm. Um, I could do a whole episode just speaking about like the dangers of TikTok, but like it's also short, beneficial. Short attention spans and it's reduced it, bro. Mm. It's reduced attention span to seconds. Um, I feel sorry and, and, for and TV ad- advertisers and the such. Yeah, right? you can't, you can't go, you can't go back from there. No now. way, like, it's can, too late now. Yeah. It's, it's it's the the cat's out of the bag at this stage. Do you mm. get what I mean? There's no going back now, um, and that's that's including us. That's including us. We, we ourselves mm. have been on the receiving end of tiktok right 
um, and, and, and this change of how people engage engage with media and the lengths that they're prepared to kind of wait and be patient for before they get the dopamine hit of of the punchline it's actually or the, crazy. the twist at the end. Yeah. Um, and, and so that is completely changed all of it. And, and again, Metaverse um, and, and the different formats and variations that it's going to be, whether it's with virtual reality or augmented reality, either way, the screen now or this this device is no longer going to be external. It's now going to be right in, into your eyes. Um, and, and we can't really ignore that. Um, we can't really ignore that. We, we have to be proactive, I feel, and, and kind of think about, okay, this is going to happen. Our children are going to be affected by it. We're going to be affected by it. What moves do we have right now to be able to, um, to be able to make a meaningful I don't know, dent in the situation. Mm. Do you get what I mean? One that allows Muslims to still be Muslims in a way that they can still be in mm. this in this weird new and I, abstract reality. I think it's even more scary because unlike the social social media in your phone, you could argue that actually the connection between the individual and the phone isn't that great. Like you can't actually communicate. But we're talking about a fully immersive experience where fully immersive you can you, turn around you can imagine people who are in these i haven't actually used vr or if i have it's been for a few minutes like as a demo mm -hmm. but i can't imagine like being in this setting for more than a few hours and easily starting to feel very disoriented and and when you take that off you can very easily imagine wanting to stay in that world um and that's really concerning because it's it, it's really like it's full immersive all like involving lots of sensory experiences sound and uh, vision and i'm sure in the future even more than that vibrations with different kind of other joysticks that's already in the pipeline yeah i mean that's I've, already I've, in the pipeline. I've seen them so um I, I think you're absolutely right like the view should be that these are all tools um but i think we've got to a point where this is now a bit beyond it I, maybe i'm i'm doing the exact same thing as when when the tv came out and i'm just saying actually this isn't just a tool it's a um it's just uh, yeah back end it's a tool it's a it's fitness there's nothing good about this it's all bad but i think that this point especially with when we talk about vr and things like that um you can start to see really negative impacts on society as a result of being immersed in this world because even if you are to go into this world like you could say okay people could be involved you could have really immersive educational experiences right right fine mm -hmm. but am I going to be able to get them out of it into the real world? Mm. Right? Like mm. if, if they're sucked in, how is that going to be possible? So uh, the, my concern is that yes, there will be benefits, but I think we've hit that critical uh, point. Maybe I, again, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm becoming old and <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I genuinely think that we've hit that point where like everything, all the tools in the past would have had a, a benefits versus negative kind of uh, balance. And I think this is a point where actually we might say, yes, there are benefits. Just like in the Quran, there it says there are some benefits to the alcohol, but the out, the, 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 the downsides mm. far outrisk the, the benefits and therefore it's not permissible to drink alcohol. Um, in the mm -hmm. same way, I think that scholars really need to, and this is a problem, we really do need, uh, ideally, people who are at the front of this field to be sitting down and forming panels, um, not just for this topic, by the way, for AI, ethics in AI, for example. It's another a whole other thing that I think I mm. was much more focused on a few years ago, but this has sort of taken off, as you've said, with COVID and everything. But 
Mm-hmm. We need panels for sitting down, either the, the scholars themselves who have an understanding or at least getting them together with people who do have a good understanding. Um, and I think we do have the individuals out there. It's not like we don't have the skills. Um, it's just about getting them together, making it very clear to them, because I think they're so far away from all this. They might not see the dangers until it's quite, quite late. Um, and like you say, I think it's really difficult not to be to, to just not be involved. It's impossible. Like you're not going to be able to say, okay, Muslims, everyone not, don't use this device. End of story. It's just not mm. going to work. So, um, yeah, I think those are the steps that we need to take. How and, uh, who's going to push it through. I don't know. Cause I'm not either of those individuals. I'm not someone who has a deep understanding of cutting edge, uh, metaverse, uh, and web three and all of that. And I'm not, uh, I'm not one of the ulama of course. So, so getting those, but someone needs to get those people together. And I think the best that I can do, and I guess both of us can do is just have that conversation on social media. Cause you'd be surprised as who turns up to the, to spaces convoy. I, I saw a spaces convoy the other day about, um, the Islamic structure of the government in Afghanistan and the ex foreign minister of Afghanistan was on that spaces. Like it's crazy. Like some that's people are, and that's just the people that you see, but there could be anonymous accounts. So having conversations is obviously a good start, but maybe it's not fast enough. So there's a couple of challenges, right? Um, and, I, and I agree with you. Mm. Right? So it's, it's definitely required. So first challenge is, is this, and it's not really, really a challenge, but basically there's multiple technologies that are all converging mm. at the same time. Okay. So artificial intelligence has reached very high level of sophistication now. Mm. Deep fake. Mm. Okay. Has also reached an extremely high level of uh, sophistication now where you can literally script something and put it on someone's face and get that face to say it. And it looks 100% real. Mm. Okay. So deep fakes, then you've got graphic, uh, technology gamings. All right. So, uh, unreal engine recently, uh, previewed, um, their new release, um, which basically is as close as we've been to so far in terms of creating photorealistic game graphics. Mm. Then we've got the emergence of blockchain, okay, technology and the widespread adoption and understanding that, okay, this is most likely going to be the future of how things operate. NFTs, okay, which is now also this year been like, okay, this is a, a solid and viable approach to having exchanging products and ideas and, and, and creative and all sorts of things. And of course, you've got cryptocurrency in there as well. And then you've got metaverse slash uh, augmented reality. Okay. Mm. So you've got all of these things converging at the same time. Okay. Uh, sorry, not to mention, for example, uh, what's that computing called? Quantum, quantum, quantum uh, physics computing. computing. Yeah. Right. So you've got all of these things now rapidly and 5G. Yeah. Right. So now, crazy now, now you're saying it. It's, it's very scary. <laughs> now you're saying right? it. Oh, yeah. So all yeah. of these things, by the way, have reached a very in- interesting peak all at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Um, which basically means you plug all of those things into a metaverse, right? Into some goggles. Now you've got high quality graphics, which can be uh, artificially intelligent, okay? Which can produce graphics which are photorealistic. So you're not even, Mm. it doesn't even need to look like a cartoon world now, right? It doesn't really need to look like that. That's how it's going to start because that's how it's going to be more palatable, right? Um, And and, and it's going to take some time, but not too much time for the uh, computing power to kind of, you know, fully reach that level where it can be 100% photorealistic, immersive universes in, in your goggles and stuff. So that's challenge number one, right? The conversion of all these things. Um, the, the, the second thing was that 
because of the hyper-connected reality of the world today, the fact that you can tweet something and someone in, like you just said, Afghanistan or the Middle East can pick that up and run with it, okay, means the ideas are being shared faster than ever before, mm. okay? Um, and in fact, there's a culture on the internet of sharing ideas and collaborating and helping each other and mm. taking each other's code and adding to it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So actually the speed of development is is very very high and it'll only get faster mm. so you're, you're kind of dealing with a couple of things here so you've got the convergence of all these technologies but then the speed in which they're going to develop and kind of interact with each other way too fast like faster than the average human being can kind of like handle unless they're fully like just doing research on this stuff and learning about all of this stuff um and then the third thing that you, we've got to contend with is the fact that um generally speaking um Muslim scholars, and, and I say this generally because I know that there are a lot of people that are um, are engaged with this stuff. They're usually very late to the party on these things, mm. and their understanding can sometimes be very kind of narrow-minded. Uh, and I mean that respectfully. When I mean narrow-minded, it means that sometimes, like for example, there was a council, um, Islamic Council of Indonesia, or something like this. They just straight up said cryptocurrency is haram, right? Um, and so, so you've got you, you've got all these things, and now as a result of like not really having that expert insight, and to be fair, it's going to be hard for them to gain that expert insight. The kind of conversation around Islamic ethics in this new new reality that we're, we're well, it's it's here. It's 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 a bit um, it's a bit of a concern, but it, I don't think it's the be all and end all. I don't think it's doom and gloom. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some ideas with you. Mm. Um, so me and my father-in-law, uh, we're having a conversation about metaverse, cryptocurrency, all of this stuff. And he, he's, he's really big on that kind of stuff. Uh, God bless him. He's like very into finding out what the next trends are and stuff. He goes to me, I see, listen, my one advice is that you figure out what you're going to do in this new reality because <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. And I was like, oh, damn it. So now I'm like, I can't sleep, bro. I've, I've, honestly, I've had anxiety about it. I'm like, what am I going to do? Right? Like I make branding and websites right now. What does that even mean in 10 years time? Right. That's like the uncles that still have the shops. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I see, I see right? what you're that, saying. Yeah. Yeah. The, the so, job so market is very dynamic and it's going to continue. Being but what, what are these job roles even? Yeah. Right. Like you can have an idea, but what does it even mean? There's, these job yeah. roles aren't even properly identified yet. They're, they're not even, you know, you can't but, even say what mm. it is that you do. So here's the idea. Um, and, and, and in interest of our last conversation, which was about sharing ideas and hoping that, you know, it all works out. Like I said, we can either be those doom and gloom uncles and say, this is wrong. We shouldn't engage with it. Stay away from it. Or we can be proactive and ensure that from the outset, we ensure that Islam and the Muslim identity is protected in this new space. Mm. So the idea is, is the metaverse's first mask. Okay. Now it's all well and good me saying that. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. But basically what I've imagined in which metaverse, is, right? That's yeah, of course, question. which metaverse so you've yeah. got to, you've got to decide which one you're going to go for, for yeah. example. Yeah. You've got Facebook horizons. You've got the sandbox, Decentraland. There's a few others as well. Yeah. But essentially they're all different players and, and eventually one will emerge as the, as the, as the standard. So building a mosque in the metaverse. Now, our engagement and interaction with mosques, especially as Western Muslims, has been um, 
has fell short from what the Prophet had envisioned a mosque to be. I think that's fair to say. Mm. Yeah. Um, oftentimes our sisters will go to the mosque and they're turned away because there's no space for women. Mm. Oftentimes uh, revets will go to mosques and get suspicious looks. Yeah. Oftentimes you're from a different madhab or a different sect and you get stared at differently because you know your your rituals and your way of praying is not accepted. Okay, so the mosque in many ways has fallen short as we know it today, mm. right? As a, as a result of human error. Um, so there's an idea that I had, which is okay. Let's build a mosque in the metaverse, which is governed by rules written democratically from the people. Okay, i.e., crowdsourced ideas smart for what a mosque contract. should be. Mm. Yeah, and obviously with blockchain technology, you've got these smart contracts, right? Mm. So there's, it's 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 done now. There is no getting out of it kind of thing. This is what the rules are. This is what the rules are. Yeah. But it could be a great space now, for example, where you go into this mosque in the virtual world, right? You've got your goggles on, you turn up, you walk in and you've got these different rooms, right? Now, obviously we can design this mosque as beautifully as we want without having to actual waste actual money that could be going towards poor people, mm. all right? Which is another flaw in, in, in modern mosques. Um, and you can have these different rooms. So now, for example, you have one room, which could be an art gallery of Islamic art, uh, which are NFTs, right? Individually owned, but presented here in a gallery of NFTs, which is quite cool. Mm. Uh, NFTs can obviously be 3D, they can be 2D, they can be functional, they can be various things. Then you can go to another room, for example, which is lectures, right? So like this is where you go for the pulpit, but you can choose, for example, which lecture or which sheikh, for example, or which uh, specific topic that you want to learn more about, all right? So now you're not limited to the, the physical capacity of that mosque and what they're able to uh, serve and, and provide. Um, we can also have a space now where, for example, uh, young Muslims can interact with scholars and ask questions in the virtual world. So they can engage, for example, with a scholar in another side of the world who happens to be in that room at the same time, for example, and ask their questions in a physical space where naturally it's more easier than, for example, sending an email or, you know, these question and answer websites where you have to wait few few months for a reply and stuff. Mm. And then even then you don't get to kind of do a follow-up and stuff. So it could be a good way to actually bridge that gap now where people can actually talk who, to the imams and scholars. Who would the imam, um, imams be? Would they be actual people? Yeah, they could be actual people. Mm-hmm. They could be actual people. You know, there could be one room, for example, for matchmaking even. All right. Where people can actually like matchmake in this kind of virtual space uh, publicly. So it's not like some confined haram space, mm-hmm. right? Um, and have these conversations about marriage and so on and so forth in this virtual space. But it's all taking space within this meta mosque, let's say, um, that that essentially serves the functions and needs of, of the Muslim community as a mosque is meant to, but in this more virtual world and reality. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting. I think going back to like earlier, the earlier kind of things that we were saying, I think the metaverse has the potential to definitely improve accessibility, improve access to these things. And you've mentioned some of them, but some of the challenges still exist. Like for example, we've got technology now that means that I can call someone who's on the opposite side of the world, like an imam. I mean, generally you should seek someone who's local, but let's say for for whatever reason, I could do that. And and there was a, a, a problem that I had that could be addressed by someone like that. I, I I could easily do that via FaceTime or a phone call, right? But it doesn't exist. The technology itself, it's there, but no one's built it, right? No one's built that app that can do that job or built that website mm. that can do that job. 
So, so what's to say that that's going to be done in the metaverse? It is my, I guess, the first counter. Obviously, I'm trying to be, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to pick up the flaws, right? Um, so definitely better access. The other thing is, is that we talked about like the mosque being a, um, unfortunately, it's not attracting youth's attention. I think the fact that it's in the the metaverse definitely helps because they obviously get to actually see it. If they're not, if they're not seeing the mosques in real life, but you want to be where they are, right? So, so you want to be in front of them. And and if you're if they're in the metaverse and being in the metaverse there with them, then hopefully they it improves the the chances of them engaging. But you will still have issues, for example, of them spending their time. Would they prefer to spend their time in the in the meta mosque? Or are they going to mm-hmm. go towards the obscenities that exist, for example, now with social media? Um, mm-hmm. Now, this is a challenge, right? You want to get your child to go Jumaya. They, they'd rather stay at home and, 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 and go on social media or do whatever or play PlayStation. So so the issues exi- uh, still exist, but in a sort of higher level, right? Um, so so that's, that's my concern, really, is that it takes a lot of the problems that exist and it's sort of, um, or a lot of the, the good things and a lot of the bad things and it amplifies them. So yes, theoretically, you can improve access to imams and stuff and you can do it in a, in a way that feels very personal, even though you might be very far away from them. But at the same time, you're having these issues of like the service, is it going to be set up in the first place? Um, yeah, the other things in terms of the, the, I think one of the interesting question is, is will this all be allowed to happen? Because fundamentally this whole web three movement is very much about like there is not one specific owner this is a collaborative movement right and and you've mm-hmm. been talking about collaboration a lot and the current structures and the current powers that be right at in, at the state level but also generally in capitalist societies which is what we live in the general approach is to hoard uh, power and wealth and ownership into into a certain um subgroup of individuals so this idea of everyone has this like metaverse and everyone's sharing collaborative i think fundamentally it detracts to what's going to probably be happening on the outside we're going to get very consumed in this world but there'll be fundamentally really big players at the top who will control everything and take a lot and i think there's a there's a potential risk of that happening like at the end of the day those individuals as much as they want to to say that they care about us fundamentally they're thinking about building their own wealth and building so and interestingly they're corrupting value in the eyes of people so it could actually turn to to shoot themselves in the foot because what they see as valuable for them in a capitalist society with fiat currency with the pounds and dollars that you've got um it might turn out people might not care about that sort of stuff anymore because you can buy these 200 dollar headsets and do everything virtually and and you can build currency, uh, virtual currency in a very different way than you do now. And there's very little incentive to go out and do your job because all you need to do is just eat and live in your virtual reality. You could live in a, in a, in a trash pile, uh, for, for all anyone else care. As long as your, your virtual world's looking good, then, then that's what everyone mm. else, that's, that's how you feel right. Emotionally, that's how you're going to feel about yourself. So yeah, I think really interesting points. I think it's definitely needed and it will probably happen. I'm just concerned that it's still the uh, whilst the mosque might get better this meta mosque might have more f- features and functionality and the modern mosque doesn't serve it i think the issues is that so, so will the sort of obscenities and the other issues like TikTok and that like think about that but 10 times worse <laughs> um and, and you're contending against that so whilst your mosque is going to get better mm-hmm. so is the other stuff so, uh it's going to get worse sorry um so yeah it's just it's i, I honestly i, I oh, that's my light um 
I, I honestly don't see. Uh, I, I'm not very optimistic. I'll be very, very honest with you, but I do see this as being like the future um, of of things to be. But I'm just not. I, I don't think it's good. Like even NFTs. I, I again, I had that realization right that NFTs. Like what the hell is this stuff? Like people are selling and buying graphics. Like I can just download it off Google Images, right? Like mm. why would I need to pay for that? But it's not like, it's not about that. It's about like a Chanel bag. Why do you pay a thousand pounds for a Chanel bag, right? Fundamentally, the material is not worth a thousand pounds. So you could buy very much the same quality and buy it for a hundred pounds or less, right? But because of the brand, because of the value that you attribute to that thing and the fact mm -hmm. that the person's owning that thing means that they have more value in the eyes of the beholders that's why you buy a Chanel bag, right? It's to make an impression to other people. And that's exactly why people are going to buy NFTs. And that made me realize like, damn, like it's just the same thing. But all someone's done is made it easier for you to go about doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than having to build they've, a brand. They've, they've decentralized it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They've decentralized it. But like, so look, the, the, the thing is, is that I said like a few years ago, I um, I asked one of my mates and he, he's like one of those um uh, he's a head fund, head, hedge fund manager in mm. Dubai, right? Um, and he does a lot of crypto work as well, crypto portfolios and stuff, right? So my idea was that, listen, maybe we should create like a cryptocurrency for Muslims, right? I think there um, is something like that. Um, yeah, I, I saw something even today as well, right? Um, and, and But I was like, we should tether it to the value of gold, right? Interesting. Um, to give it some sort of tangible real life mm. value. But then he, he 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 flipped it back on me and he said, "What's the value of gold other than perceived value? It's the same thing. Gold, fine, it's 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 uh you know it's it's a rock and it's shiny, but its value, but functionally, is, it's not very useful. <laughs> yeah, and functionally, it's not very useful. Yeah. but it's 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 a perceived value, um, and that's a perceived value based on its scarcity. Okay, mm. so cryptocurrency in the same way and NFTs in the same way, right, are perceived values." And the the value is driven by their scarcity. So, mm. uh, do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I get exactly like, what you mean. And and now I I just kind of I don't know like very fresh thought, but when you really think about all of this, right? NFTs, gold, etc. Like fundamentally, what's the value that all of these things are giving us? It's the emotional. It's the emotions behind it right the feeling of i don't know being like ownership ownership yeah the pride that you have associated with owning an nft um i think that's fundamentally what's being sold and bought here um that's right now that's the hype right now the hype right now but that's I, the hype right I, now. do you not think that's also going to be that i think isn't that fundamentally like if you go to the real first principles and the bare bones and, and break things down. Isn't that fundamentally what's going to be the, what, why do you buy an NFT? It's to feel that way as well. Right. Right now it's, it's, there's, there's a hype of collection and the fact that the value of these things is increasing, right? That's the, that's what it is right now. This is like V1, right? Mm. Um, but see the, the, the interesting thing about NFTs is that they don't just need to be these like, Oh, here's a picture of an ape right or like there's some <laughs> pixelated graphics right like that's not that's not that's that's just like the superficial side of it one of the things that you can do in nfts and, and this is like mind-blowing right mm. but like these are digital assets that can be functional right so for example let's say 
um, I create a project, um, a digital project. Could use Pegasus as an example, I think. That has blocks, let's say, for example. Okay. Right? We're building a house, right? Or we're building a building, mm. but the building is made out of blocks, right? But these blocks, right, as a creator, I can choose to have different qualities. For example, this block can be water, or this block can be a metal, or it could be a fire, or it could be something that when you touch it, X happens, whatever, right? Like the possibilities are pretty much limitless with this, right? So now, rather than just owning an NFT for the sake of, hey, you know, like look at my profile picture, this is an NFT that I own, right? Mm. It's, it could play a functional role. I think I just saw uh, yesterday, actually, um, in a news headline that um, Egypt, uh, Suez Canal, I think they recently did a contract using an NFT, all right, so a contract, by the way, could be an NFT, right? Like if I was to, uh, if you was to offer me a service, you could offer that service to me, uh, write the contract in an NFT. Mm. So I own the terms in that NFT now, right? And it's 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 certified by the blockchain, so therefore it's 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 legit now. I permanently own that situation or whatever the terms are. Now, whether the value of that contract goes up or down. There's no middleman to interfere in that process. There's no court case to be had, mm. right? Because it's all kind of, uh, the, the ledger has it all written down very clearly. And, and, the, and the community as what such would be able to see that. Enforcement, what do you mean? Sorry, uh, like the community can see it. There won't need to be a debate to be had potentially, as long as the terms are clear, obviously. But, but what about in terms of enforcing those changes? So the way I believe uh, the way blockchain is is done is that once there's an agreement, for example, that you're going to do X, Y, Z in return for X, Y, Z, right? Mm. Um, I, I think like, is currently it coded, speaking... Is it hard-coded into the... Yeah, it's basically hard-coded fine. into it. Fine, fine. You know what I mean? So, there's, no, so there's no... There's a switch alternate. sort of thing. That's that's basically Fine. what the what the whole kind of concept is behind the blockchain thing, right? Mm. So blockchain is really the thing that's like behind all of this, right? Because it just eliminates that whole uh, tension and agitation, and it just makes like ownership a lot more cleaner. It's like once you own that block, once you own, once you've paid for this thing in Ethereum, whether it's in Decentraland, whether it's in Sandbox, or whether it's in this metaverse or that metaverse, mm. you own that thing. That's it. It's done. That's, but I think it's, it's tied to your wallet. Don't you think something really concerning is how how easily ownership can shift because it, or, or not ownership rather, sorry, but the value of uh, owning certain things can shift. Like if, if, if at one point in time, if it's valuable to hold this set of like NFTs is a really good example. Cause it's, I guess, even though it's complex, it's also simpler compared to the things that could come after it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit more tangible. Yeah. Like there's a set of apes, like collections, right at, at this moment in time, they're like doing really well. And if you sell and buy them, they'll probably be quite expensive, but, but 10 years down the line, those could be like literally worth nothing. Like who knows where, what will be the hype then? So isn't that quite a concern like it's a concern in terms of the mindset that we have now right at least now when i when i own something uh, i i feel like i i feel quite at least a bit certain in myself that this will still be valuable in five ten years time right but when i when it comes to this it's it's less so because the i guess it all comes down to functionality because none of these things have much functionality in themselves um that 
that for me is a bit concerning. I, ju- I just see because it, it literally the value of things is tied to the whims of a human being. And it's actually mm-hmm. like I wanted to go down to like all of all of this fundamentally. What does it achieve? Like what does what's the virtual reality and v- the metaverse, all of it? What is the objective of it? Um, it it's to feed into people's very basic human desires. Um, and as Muslims, we're very much taught to um, like the, the jihad of the nefs, right? to to self-discipline yourself to take hold of yourself and discipline your soul um and 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 hold back from those very basic desires right um uh, and take control of your of of your your stomach your genitals your eyes all of those things um and this metaverse sort of like flips it on the head like it's a free-for-all man everyone can do this like everyone can do whatever they want now because it's it's in a virtual reality and so yeah, my concern is is that in itself the project uh, potentially lends itself to that, uh, and and I I don't know what you think about that. I don't know if I'm making much sense there, so because we're very much like talking about stuff that is not even happening yet. Or is yeah, happening no, no, for, I get you. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I get you. Because obviously, there's, there's, even I have my reservations, right? Like even when this whole crypto thing was happening, I was like, ah, oh, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. Blah blah blah. Right? But for me, the way I'm looking at it is, I look. Human beings have been trading objects since ever, right? Whether it's in stones, whether it's in silver, bronze, gold, ivory, what have you, right? We've, that's just been something that we've always done, right? Mm. And that value has always been a perceived value, okay? There's no getting around that. But I think the right? difference like, is that it's physical. So that friend that told you that what's gold in, the, in your eyesight, but yeah, I can actually hold gold like it exists and that's what makes it a bit more dangerous as well, right? Because I can now steal your gold. Okay, fine. But there's also been... I a... can't... Yeah, go on. There's been hackings. Okay, f- yeah. fair play. There's, there has been... There has been, been like... There's been some big problems been where stuff. millions have in crypto have been stolen. No, th- th- that is for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. And that, and that's... Uh, and again, I'm not sounding like some crypto fanboy trying to justify everything. Yeah. But I, I would say that's what you call like early teething stages, right? Because but there's also, lack of security. But there's also the problem of like, who's the police? Like in those scenarios, you can't, those scenarios are, yes, okay. Huh, go- who's the yeah, police in Governing this? this whole space. Yeah. Governing this whole thing is, is a separate, that's, that's a whole separate discussion. But as in right? who are, who am I going to call if something like that happens to me? Do you see what I'm saying? I have no idea. Yeah. There's no one Bitcoin. to call. Cool. At Bitcoin, try tweeting. No, because I, I actually, I actually remember listening to, I think, a podcast from IFG about this very topic, like about where millions of of pounds worth or millions of dollars worth of Ethereum, I think it was, was stolen. And um, there's nothing that you can do in that situation other than try and patch no. things to hope avoid it, avoid it happening again in the future. In that very moment, there's literally no one you can. You can't go to the police. Like they're so far behind. Um, yeah, where do you even start? Yeah, where would you even start? <laughs> like, uh, I mean. I, the problem would probably start at like, has anything actually been stolen from you? Like, I'm, I'm sure they, they'd have to, they'd have to try and figure that out first. Sorry, I've got a very unstable. See, see, in 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 the virtual in the virtual reality, yeah, Abdul Rahman, you wouldn't have issues with your lights. That's true. That. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> There'll be an NFT providing lights. Yeah, you know what it is? It's the, it's the wires caught onto my chest. Every time I move back, it's pulling it forward. But anyway. There you go, man. See, wires. We don't need wires, bro. Let's go wireless. And wireless. No, I, I hear you. Look, I've got my reservations. As well. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to flip my mindset to be a bit more optimistic. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm, I, all, all, I'm, all I'm trying to be mindful is 
that there's a, there was a generation before us mm. that opposed the TVs, that opposed radio, that opposed the printing press, that opposed the internet, opposed social media, okay? And ultimately, they're the ones that lost influence in the world, okay? Um, and as a result of them not seeing not being optimistic or seeing the, uh, what they could potentially achieve in a positive way, they m- remove themselves from the situation to the detriment of the next generation, right? I.e. us, yeah? That's the only thing that I'm trying to be mindful how, of here. How much of our lives do you think the metaverse will take up? Okay. Um, our lives, I this generation of me and you, um, I don't know if you classify yourself as a millennial or not, I think by the time we're 60, it will probably be about 80% Mm. of our lives. So I'm just thinking Uh, 80% of my time I'm spending in the metaverse, potentially. Um, What am I, what am I doing in those 20% of times? Like, do you think that there could actually be a significant amount of neglect that happens in real, in the real world? 100%. 100%. And do you think people could capitalize on that as a result? It can definitely happen. Yeah. It can definitely happen. Like, as in, without sounding like too conspiratorial, right? But like, you remember the first Matrix film? I actually haven't watched The Matrix. Oh my but people God. have said the new okay, one is really bad. So I'm going to go back yeah, the, and watch the The new one is really one. bad, right? Um, okay, so watch the first one. Because mm. that will basically... To be fair, it's probably going to make you more paranoid and scared about all this (laughs) stuff in the first place, right? Yeah. But basically, the Matrix is this idea that humanity has basically degraded and has just ended up being connected to machines and they're just living their lives virtually Mm. without even being aware that they're living a virtual life. Mm. Whereas if they were to unplug themselves, the reality of the world is that it's now being run by machines. It's all quite dystopic, right? Mm -hmm. That's the general premise of the Matrix. Um, and the fact that the new movie, as bad as it was, came out now without being too much of a conspiracy theory guy, that kind of gave me a little bit of a shiver. And I was like, hmm, what's going on here? Right? Because it, for me, it's just like, I don't feel, I, I know it sounds a bit stupid, but I feel like sometimes films are released at certain times. I know there's no WhatsApp group of Shayateen mm-hmm. suggesting when they're going to drop a new feature or a new music video or something like that. But I do believe that there is some system at play um, of, of demonic powers, uh, whether you want to call it shaitan or whether you want to call it tajjal, that instruments when these things are going to happen. And it's kind of like a way of making um, bad things palatable to human beings. All right. So we see death and destruction. We become normalized to death and destruction. Mm-hmm. We see humanity being enslaved. We become uh, normalized to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, just I, I, I feel like we have to remain somewhat optimistic. I feel like, for example, I'm here in California right now, right? Like one of the things I want to start doing is, bro, there's a lot of Muslims involved in Silicon Valley. Yeah, there is. There's a lot, right? Like in high positions as well. Yeah, right? Like yeah. not even like, you know, just some guy working in the messenger department or something like that. No, like there's, there's people at the high level. And I feel like they, like us, they're human beings, Okay. Um, and they'll be open to conversations and dialogue around the conversation about like ethics and and morals and how can we safeguard Muslim identities, Muslim identity interests in general. 
But the only way that we're going to be able to have any influence in this space is by participating in it, not yeah. by being people on the sidelines saying, no, this is wrong or that's good, whatever. We have to be involved in it to to shape it. And I think that blockchain and this whole movement towards Web3 web um, and decentralizing everything, it allows us to have that influence, you know, um, supposedly until, I don't know, some powers that be decide to just turn our switch off and then we don't. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I'm just thinking, like, you mentioned, like, Shayate uh, and Dajjal, and I was just thinking, I mean, I'm going back here and uh, being a bit pessimistic with this conversation, but... Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit, but, like, it really does set the scene. I mean, if you're thinking about, like, Dajjal is basically the biggest deception that's ever going to happen mm-hmm. in the world, I think when you see this, like, the virtual realities and and virtual things becoming important to people it's it's very easy to see how this could become like maybe back then they're like how is it possible to think uh that someone could come and deceive so many people uh so easily but i think this is this is a really good kind of sign for it look that i think we should be positive i think we have to take partake in it because if we don't we need to do like what we can right we do we have to get involved and we have to have those conversations and we have to get muslims involved in this space um i personally don't see the signs as being very positive but that's not to say that um like you don't you don't give up hope i mean it's it's part of our dean that even if you see the yom al-qiyam happening right in front of your eyes if you've got a seed and you're about to plant it you plant it right that's 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 the prophetic advice and that's the that, that that's what we've been taught in our faith so um until that day or beyond that day, rather it's, it's, we continue to be positive and optimistic in general, and we continue to getting involved and we have to do our service and fundamentally uh, what we do and our intentions and our actions, we're going to be judged as it individually. So um, whatever happens around us, it's, it's up to us to do our best as individuals. So I agree. Um, I think we do need to get involved. Um, Inshallah, it doesn't turn out, um, in that way but i think there are positive aspects to this at the end of the day i think uh, at the moment the leaders and those who are building these worlds and the messes at the moment are individuals who are very are people who don't subscribe to the same kind of values and um beliefs that we have so like it would be good to have a muslim like really like taking it a notch up rather than just having a mosque in it having a muslim uh entire metaverse is, is how i would approach it and decentralizing that um because it, it's happening and giving people an alternative because people will still have like just like how instagram now and that report that like showed that uh, uh it was making girls more suicidal self-harm and all mm-hmm. of those things this problem mm-hmm. is it's just going to exacerbate it right because fundamentally mm-hmm. that it's not going to change like they're the companies like the meta and facebook they're just taking it a whole notch up right they're just they want to serve you the same ads the same content in this new metaverse that's going to make you stay there and make them get paid more so people are eventually might not might not immediately get it but eventually they're going to see the the, the downsides so having this alternative mm-hmm. universe where it's decentralized could actually be and i think maybe now i'm starting in my like trying to tell persuade myself that there's a positive aspect to it could actually be a really good alternative option for people and could actually see a lot of people get attracted to it. Um, so there is hope and, and yeah, the, the, all this sort of stuff only happens if we actually decide to, to, to get involved. 
Worst case scenario, we buy an island somewhere exactly. and we all live there. <laughs> I mean, this is that that's like that's like end of times, but yeah, um, you, oh, very much like retreat to the countryside, retreat to the the remote uh, lands, and um, uh, live off the fat of the land. Or mm-hmm. what, I, I forgot the saying of what it was. Well, we'll settle with living off the fat of the land, whatever that means. That means fried chicken. No, well, uh, I can't remember it now. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Abdurrahman, it's been my absolute pleasure to have you on um, this, this specific conversation. Um, it's been nice to actually just speak about this with someone because, uh, like I said, for the last few weeks, maybe even a month now, actually, it's been causing me like a little bit of anxiety and stress just thinking I think about... you passed you know, it on to me, to be honest. I feel a bit sorry, anxious man. now. I'm sorry, I'm I wasn't sorry. thinking about this stuff at all now. <laughs> no, as in, if, look, there's, if, there's any, if there's anything that I would say yeah. is... Is, is we do need to be mindful of the fact that things are changing and yeah, we can't be yeah. slow to react. Mm. Yeah. And that we shouldn't be reacting. We shouldn't be acting from a position of anxiety or stress, although that's the initial kind of reaction. We need to flip that immediately into like hope and optimism and, mm. and, um, and thinking about solutions, but we need to act like soon. It's not a slow thing. It's not like, Oh, take your time with it. It's really not. I think because things are, I think something that would be really good if if there were Muslims out there who or a Muslim who would do a newsletter subscription that at least mm. helps Muslims stay up to date with these trends and and links it with our faith would be really really helpful. I think that's something like that I would definitely pay to subscribe to join. Um, so something to because keeping up with the trends I think is the first step to to try and uh, make sure that we don't fall behind. You're talking about like the the threat to to jobs and what the future of the jobs etc look like it's really hard to even mm-hmm. go down a path because you don't know if that's going to be where it ends up being so mm-hmm. just staying on top of the trends and 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 um and upskilling and 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 finding those like different um avenues uh d- the new skills that might take you down um the the future um it would be quite good but yeah at the moment we're not even being informed by it. it's up to like you've probably done your research and and i've probably done mine and others but the vast majority of muslims are nowhere near this conversation um but yeah i think that would help us if we if we know what's going on then at least we can start to ideate and we can start to exactly. actually think about solutions exactly. uh, but if we don't know what's going exactly. on it, it's information gathering like, that's the first step to change so yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah, no, that's a sneak preview into one of the projects, inshallah, that I'll be working on <laughs> in 2022 as well. But um, that one I am actually going to keep a bit close to my chest. Um, I, I, I'll share with you in private. But yeah, you're right, 100%. We need, look, we just need conversations, man. Because obviously look, between us, we'll, we'll, you know, like Muslims are smart enough. We're in influential positions. Mm. We're talented. Um, we will find solutions. Uh, but not if we're just having conversations like with ourselves and in our own minds. We need to have these conversations publicly. Um, and I salute you for being one of the um, people that I see making the most effort to do the, have these kind of conversations in public um, and, and be vulnerable and put yourself out there and, mm. you know, admit when you don't know something, you know, um, and, but just still being prepared to have those conversations because that's when we can collaborate. That's when ideas can come together and solutions can be built. I think uh, be so re- I really appreciate you making the time. Man. No, not at all. I think it'd be really good to have this conversation, but in a spaces setting with you, with you. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's really interesting to see what other people think. Um, Let's do it, man, and get involved. So, inshallah, we can set that. Let's up. do it. Yeah, let's do it. I've got some interesting people to recommend as well. That could be good for that really? space as well. Okay, I've never done yeah. spaces with more than one, but uh, why not? Why not try it? Especially if they can add value to the conversation. 
No, for sure, for sure. Abdurrahman, it's been my absolute pleasure. Likewise. And I uh, hope to speak to you again soon, man. Inshallah. Yeah, no, Barakallah, Fiq, for inviting me. It's been uh, definitely a very interesting conversation. You're going to need some uh, tea yeah. and maybe like a cold towel. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to have to take a chill, chill evening tonight. <laughs> really, really start. <laughs> no devices. Uh, really start thinking about what what's, what's Pillars going to be like in the metaverse now. I mean, that's... I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, brother. Take care, man. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, hopefully it wasn't too scary. Um, I was trying to stay optimistic. I mean, look, guys, this thing about metaverse, cryptocurrency, all of these things, um, it's its a reality that's happening. Um, and it's, its as, as we discussed and you've just heard, it's, it's rapidly evolving. Now, we have couple of options which is to a just ignore it and see it as a fad or realize the fact that this is actually changing very much the the future of the world uh, a future that our children will be embracing um, and if you're a parent like i am then naturally you're going to want to make sure that you're offering the best options for your children in their future and that means understanding what that future looks like right so we can start preparing for it now it means that we have to have these hard conversations it means that we have to talk about the fact that our jobs might not exist in five years time or ten years time we have to adapt that's what human beings do and that's what how Allah has created us so yeah like I said I'm gonna this isn't the first time we're gonna oh, this isn't the last time we're gonna have this conversation um, it's definitely gonna happen more uh, because it is that important um, guys if you've made it this far in at, to the end of the podcast firstly congratulations well done that's amazing um, secondly please subscribe to our channel on YouTube we really appreciate that uh, give us a like um, that'll be much much appreciated and uh, yeah share it out with your friends as well if you found this conversation intriguing or interesting then definitely share it out because uh, I want to broaden this conversation and invite more people to talk about it uh, and source different opinions and ideas so uh, yeah until next time guys assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh